It is that time of year, but we're about to lay down for everybody right now. We're going to dig into some trends. We're going to dig into some spreads. We're going to help you win your office pool, and we're going to have a lot of fun. March Madness is here. Get your brackets ready. Two KG Sports Minds have created a podcast to answer one very important question. What's the spread? Now here are your hosts, Brad Thomas and Miles Markowitz. Welcome in What's the Spread? Your boys are back. Brad, how we doing? We've been gone for a little bit, but you know we were gone and not forgotten. While we were away, we were sticking to our degenerate roots and gambling a ton, having a good time, getting ready for this episode for you guys. Oh, you said it, man. Uh, this is the most college basketball I've ever watched in my entire life. I mean, I watched a lot last year, but I went into this year wanting to be ready for the madness, be ready for the tournament. And this is the year, man. I feel like I've got a really good knowledge base of all the best teams in the field. I'm not telling you that I'm going to fill out a perfect bracket. It's not what this is about. We want to help you fill out a good bracket, but honestly, I just want to win some money on some parlays, yes, some money lines, yes, and some spreads. Yes, man. That is what it's all about. Don't get too hung up out there, guys, and building the perfect bracket. So for DFS, DFS Karma, I made a bracket so everyone can compare their bracket to mine. And you know what? I could care less if I finish in the bottom half because to me, it's not about making a good bracket. To me, it's about making a bunch of money on the bets on the individual games. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you strategies and ideas on how to bet the tournament. All right, so here's the thing. This and this is why you and I had a lot of good luck last year. I, yes. I remember how much fun you and I had the first weekend. Yes. Uh, we were we were betting together a lot. Uh, you and I both had really good luck, especially on the first couple of days. And it's really about first of all, don't get overexcited and start betting every game. Yes. Oh my. That's not God. what this is about. Pick your poison. That is the most important thing. Yeah. Now, do we want to m- make sure that we're betting throughout the day? Sure. Yep. I mean, you want to be having fun, but keep in mind there's a game starting. I feel like every 20, 25 yes, minutes. Absolutely. You're going to be fine there. Um, there should already be, I will, I would tell you right now, there should already be games that you're looking at that you feel confident in. Yes. As far as the spreads and even a couple money lines that you like. Yeah, absolutely. And, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take that money line that minus 200 in the first round, because a lot of those minus 200 lines, there's like a, I'd say there's like a sweet spot between like 170 to two. 20 where those aren't really upset lines like the upset money lines are going to happen are going to be closer to like the 250s um also one thing I, I like to say like i'm gonna go ahead and put this out there beware of the public if you hear a lot of people jumping on one side i would just wait till the line moves like because if you see a team that's going to open up at 17 point favorite and the public's all over it the line can move all the way to 18 or 19 take that and maybe buy half a point and take the other side like Super fair there. I would too. I am not against uh, fading the public here. I'm actually for it. Yeah. Wait until up until game time. See how the line change. But but put your finger on the pulse as to which teams the media is on, which teams yeah. are because that's usually those are the ones that don't get the upset. Yeah. You know, a lot and now a lot of the time the experts could be right, but I've heard a lot about Belmont. Yeah. Great team, but like a lot about them. I've heard a lot about Oregon. Yeah. You know, there, there are certain upsets that I've heard a lot about and those, in, in my experience, usually you're just better off going with the favorite in that so scenario. So one thing that I like to look at, and I hate that you put Oregon in there because it kind of defeats my original statement of one thing that you really, really want to, uh, to pay attention to are good defensive teams cover a lot in the tournament um so i'm i'm high on oregon especially for being a 12 seed just because they they are really defensive oriented especially with uh kenny wooten um i had an entire list of things that just came to my mind today and i didn't save my my draft so i'm random thoughts are just gonna be collected in my brain but defensive teams 
are really, really good covering against the spread in the tournament because you generally see you generally see these high-paced teams that are coming in here. A lot of these high-paced, fast teams that were just playing deep into their conference tournaments are tired. They're coming in here, and they have to continue to shoot well against a solid defensive team. That's why teams like uh, UC Irvine are, are is, is, is being talked about a lot. They lead the country in defense against two-pointers and defense against uh, um, around the rim, which, in my book, I'm not going to say I'm gonna be the first person to put a stack on on UC Irvine, but I will look at line like look at look at lines like Texas Tech in the first round. Why would I not? They're a great defensive team. They have a great player in Jared Culver. Just those things like that. Like I, I think you're easy to I don't know to make money on. But the line reflects UC Irvine. They're only four and a half point underdogs. Yes. So in that case, you know it is important to look at both sides. Yeah. I'm going to go back to Oregon for a second. I think you do bring up a great point about having a good defense in the tournament, but Wisconsin's very similar. Yes. They, they play a very similar style. Now, where that would be different is a team like Auburn, who's also a five. Yeah. One of those teams you were talking about, fast-paced, came well, out hot in the tournament, won the SEC. They may be tied. How is their pace going to fare? All it takes is Auburn to have one bad shooting day, and they're bounced yeah. early. And so, so here's the thing. Instead of if you are really looking to dig into the numbers, start looking at styles. Yeah. Start looking at how teams play. I mean, again, going back to Oregon, I believe they held Washington to, what was it, like 44 points? Yeah. Uh, twice yeah. this season? I mean, and they were supposed to be the best team in the Pac-12 the entire season. So, but then you look at a defensive juggernaut like Virginia. They go yeah. out They go out in the first round last yep. year. The first ever to lose to a 16 seed. Something I did really like that uh, we posted on our social media was the fact that overall, yeah, it was about fifty fifty underdogs covering. Yeah. the spread. Yeah, it was that a, was really fascinating. Yeah, the nod was a little bit to the underdogs, and that's the first and second rounds with what that was. And another thing was really cool is unders are really hot. But be careful of the unders because we did make a lot of money on overs last year, but we only did overs against two high powered teams. So don't think just because one team shoots well, like they average about seventy something points per game, and the other team's in the sixties. If that other team is a, is a, is held, holding their opponents to the sixties as well, the overs probably not going to hit. And in that. If you guys go check out what's the spread on Instagram, we posted that, and I mean, it has some awesome tips in there. And look at your straight up statistics as well. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that twelve seeds are winning forty percent of these games. Yeah, I believe over the past ten years or so. I mean, that will tell you that don't pay too much attention to this uh, attention to the seeding. Yeah, really look into the matchup because if you look at the history, I was actually digging into um, past tournaments, uh, like the past two or three years. Uh, last night and seeing that these 11 sixes these 10 sevens these uh five twelves yeah. these are very even matchups even yep. some of the even most of the four thirteens at some point yeah um is the higher seed gonna have more talent i mean from from the eye test of course yeah. because they're the higher seed but then you also got to look like what a lot of people fail to realize is yeah sure a team is a 12 seed but they could have had a rough patch in season like uh, picture this let's say indiana would have gotten in they would have been a 12 seed Indiana is talented. They finished the season strong. That doesn't mean they couldn't have won. And they beat Michigan State twice. Yeah, twice. One of the best teams in the country. Yeah. So, but that's what makes this sport so difficult to predict, right? Yeah. That's why we love the NCAA tournament. Yes. It's, but it is all about maximizing what you're putting down. And yes. I think that that, that that was the stat of the day, is that there is actually a slight edge to the underdogs yeah. in, in at least covering the spread. Yep. And I think that that even tells me that even the geniuses in Vegas haven't yes. figured out this tournament quite yet. Yep. Maybe the overall odds, but everybody can tell you that it's going to be the Blue Bloods at the end. Yeah, absolutely. It will be the Blue Bloods Especially at the end. Especially in this tournament. Power conferences, great teams, great players. If I were to pick my top three bits of advice, and I'm just going to list them here. I just guess I forget them. 
First one would have to be, this is the most important in my opinion, is look how a team is coming into the tournament. If you think about it, you look at like a Virginia or you look at, I wouldn't say Gonzaga because they had one bad game, but it, or you look at a Florida State who had a great run. Look at that. That matters. On the other hand, be weary of the public. That's got to be my number two. Let's see. Number three, most important is style versus style. So you pick defense. If you're going a defensive team versus an offensive team, if the, if there's heavy chalk, I would take I would take the underdog. I would take the points of the underdog because the heavy chalk on the defensive team is just that's that's a lot. Like you have to think about an offensive team has to go out there and perform lights out versus a team who's going to hold them to to a few possessions. Uh, so those are probably my top three if I had to pick three. Those are great rules to follow. Uh, I would say also just something that has been working for me this season, and especially going into the tournament, I think there is going to be a lot of value in halftime bets. Yes. Because here's the thing. Do we really know how these teams are going to come out and play? No. no. But at halftime, you've seen these two teams yes. play. You still have the original seeds, the original lines. Yep. Pay attention to shooting percentages. Yeah. See who's hot. See who's not. See where, like, who the line favors. Yeah. If you've got a high seed, and it's a tie game at half, and the 14 seed is shooting 65%, put everything you got on the higher seed. I mean, th- these are strategies that I've seen work. It works. But you've got you've, you've to be willing to find them and watch the games and you pay attention to You have to pay to attention games. to the game. That is the most important. Do not be blindly halftime betting. Because you could see, uh, one one good example was that was the Oregon game. Sorry I keep going back to Oregon, but Oregon was, a, a, great example. was a popular bet in, uh, um, in the semifinals. The Oregon halftime line was insane because... Everyone thought that Oregon should just come out and, and annihilate him, but no. Kenny Wooten was in foul trouble. We had Pritchard playing not great. So there's, there's things like that you have to actually pay attention to. One thing that is, um, I'm not going to get too heavy into this because I don't like to do it too much, but the halftime bet sweet spot, look at the line. So if you see a team, if you see a team that's, let's say, a 14-point favorite, they are down by five at halftime, and you see a line of, Let's do 11. Let's see the okay. second half 11. That is a sweet spot I would take because they're not going to cover the game, but I do, and I'm talking about a, a favorite here, I do like them at that 10 and 11 mark because for them to win by six or seven. And in that scenario, it's good to see Vegas kind of change the line to where, okay, you know what? They're not going to cover the game spread. Yeah. We were wrong, but we're going to adjust it a little bit lower this yeah. time. That's where you can really have an advantage. Yeah, there. those halftime bet sweet spots, those are, those are fun. If you guys understand that, hammer those, but... Please watch the games. Do not just blindly halftime. Bet. Watch the games. Pay attention. And uh, the last thing I'll say just about in general is that I had a lot of good luck uh, with parlays last year. Yeah. So if you do have a couple games that you that you really like, go ahead and parlay them. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All right. But before we get into our picks here uh, with the regions, let's go ahead and just talk about a, a few uh, Cinderella possibilities. Yes. Maybe some, uh, some lower seeds that could make a deep run in the tournament. So... First, I'm going to go ahead and say this because I've been all over Oregon. I cannot consider them a Cinderella. They're not from a mid-major. I don't care that they're a 12 seed. But with that being said, Oregon has a team to make a deep run if they can put it together. I'm a big fan of Peyton Pritchard. Uh, Bill Walton went as far to say as he's a Steve Nash replica, which is totally false. But he's a great player. Uh, I really like Kenny Wooten, rim protector. And Lewis King is a stretch four, uh, can play the three. So I just want to get that out of there. But I am not on the UC Irvine train. I... I'm just going to say that UC Irvine is going to be missing their top their top power forward. I, I did allude to all the stats that, that are great. They didn't really play a tough schedule. They did have a 15-game win, uh, win streak, and all that's great. I'm going to go with my top Cinderella to watch, and I'm going to go with the fan favorite. I got to go with Murray State. 
only because every year, teams that make a run have that one player who has their tournament moment. Oh, for sure, John Morant has had a great season. A lot of hype. But there's a lot of people who don't know who he is. That's why I'm also kind of high on Kentucky when it comes to, to, to tough teams because they have Tyler Hero. Guys like that who can carry their team to the promised land, I will take Murray State. I think they've played a tougher schedule than a lot of these teams like Belmont, Vermont, uh, Northern Kentucky, UC Irvine. I think they played a tougher schedule and they have the better overall player. I'm really high on Murray State as well. It, it worries me that I'm hearing all this hype around them, but that's one of those teams where I feel like the hype actually could meet reality. Um, I've got a couple teams here, uh, not too high of seeds, but two that I think could make a, a deep run in the tournament. Don't sleep on Villanova. Uh, as defending champions and with championship experience, I think that Nova could make a run. They're playing their best basketball down the stretch uh, over there in the Big East, beating out a tough Seton Hall team in the final. Uh, so I'm not going to shy away from Nova. And then also we talked about it a little bit earlier. Brad, I watched a lot of that ACC tournament. Auburn was Auburn, impressive. Yes, they were really impressive. They they can easily shoot themselves out of the game. We've yeah, seen it before. Confidence right now, but they beat an excellent Tennessee team. I mean, excellent. Excellent. And blew them out. Uh, so I think that Auburn is going to be North Carolina's toughest test uh, to get to the Final Four. You know, one thing I want to say to a team that could, a team that has the potential to make it to the Elite Eight, that in my opinion, they, their style com, like compares to all the guys they're playing. Wofford, another team that can shoot you out of the gym, but shoot you out of the gym, but they're different than Auburn. Auburn likes to milk the clock. They don't run too many set pieces. Then they they drive, kick, drive, kick. Bryce Butler. Um, but Wofford, they run really great plays and they're a really great shooting team. And then when you look at teams they have to play against, um, no offense for them to make it to the Lele is not that difficult. I mean, they have to go through uh, Iowa State, uh, Houston, Kentucky. They can very easily lose to Seton Hall in the first round. But I want to go for another team that I would really like to see them be in another side, another side of this uh, this bracket is St. Louis. I, I don't think St. Louis will make it past the first or second round, but had St. Louis been in an, been in another 13-4 situation, like maybe versus Kansas State or, I don't know, maybe maybe versus Kansas, I would have liked St. Louis, but uh, that's a great team to watch. And, and I do feel bad that they they have to play Virginia Tech. And then if they beat Virginia Tech, then, I mean, they have to play Mississippi State. Like, neither one of those I don't think they could beat, but this, they're a good team, good story. I think the SEC also is going to flex their muscles a little bit in the first couple of rounds. I like Florida uh, down there in the bottom left. Michigan is one of my favorite teams of the tournament, but... Uh, Florida playing really good basketball right now as well. Florida's playing great basketball, and yeah. you know what Florida can do that Nevada can't, and that's shoot the ball. I know that Nevada, top to bottom, has a better team. Every single position they're better than Florida, but it's 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 the tournament. It's time. you got to shoot the ball, and Nevada's not that great defensively, and one thing you've noticed, Jordan Caroline, conference player of the year, sure. He is a hothead, and if he's off his game, their whole team crumbles, and the Martin brothers tend to get in foul trouble. So that first round, I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say, guys, so far I've made four brackets. Three out of four brackets, I have Florida upsetting Nevada. I'm pretty confident in that pick too, uh, especially uh, with, with the points. Yeah. Um, all right, let's uh, let's just go ahead, region by region here. We can talk about more teams uh, okay. in each region, and then we can kind of give our Elite Eight picks. Let's just go ahead and start at the top left, the the East all right, one thing that stands out to me, um, UCF, I know you guys are really want to do the whole Johnny Dawkins, White, freaking all the whole storyline about uh, White being the, the son of the, the older White for Duke and the both, all this BS. Virginia Commonwealth, VCU is good. 
That is no walk in the park. I like that game. That's going to be a really fun, intriguing game. Um, do you tell me what stands out to you on this side, and then I'll go because I don't want to get too much on my soapbox. Well, yeah, but I mean, I was going to to say about UCF is that their poor performance against Memphis really makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, betting with them in the tournament here. Uh, everyone's already kind of looking ahead to that Duke game. They want to see Taco and Zion. Uh, I I get it. It would be great, but that is a, a, a very tough uh, first round game for them. Yeah. Uh, I've seen Liberty as a uh, popular upset pick over Mississippi State. I don't like it. I don't um, like that either. I, Mississippi State. If you for those for you guys out there who are not SEC heads, I've watched a lot of Mississippi State games, and they are scary good because when they get a they, when they get a lead, they don't surrender it. LSU and Yale is intriguing to me. Uh, I watched the Yale Harvard uh, championship game. And Yale plays at a really quick pace. For me, I think it's just about what mental state is LSU going to be yeah. in entering this tournament. That's what it's going to come down to me. Uh, for me, I'm liking LSU to cover the points because the spread's right around seven and a half, eight. Uh, I think that they can come out and have a strong showing. But I've seen that as a popular upset pick as well. Yeah, I've seen the Minnesota one. They coming in hot. Um, when we start getting to really important games in this side of the bracket, I I really think that the important game is going to be come down to the. I don't know, Virginia Tech versus Mississippi State. Uh, Virginia Tech, without Jerome Robinson, is not good. But they they have shown to give Duke problems. So let's say we get to a matchup where it's Duke versus Virginia Tech. I, 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 I'm not going to say I would be surprised because I'd be surprised as heck. But I wouldn't be surprised if Virginia, gave, Virginia Tech gave Duke another game. Well, the one in the two seed here, I mean... Duke's been outplayed by Virginia Tech. Michigan State's been outplayed by Minnesota. Yep. Uh, also, I just want to say... Michigan State belongs in another bracket. To have them in here with Duke, I think, is an insult to them winning the Big Ten tournament. I've been saying for weeks now that my four best teams are Duke, North Carolina, Michigan, and Michigan State. Disappointing for me to see Duke and Michigan State in the same bracket here. I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit. I've got Duke and Michigan State making it to the Elite Eight in this bracket. I do as well, and I think a lot of I think a lot of it has to do with Michigan State losing twice to a team with a, a poor record. And, you know... They're not putting a lot of stock in these guys winning their conference tournaments. Look at St. Mary's. What is St. Mary's in 11? They won their conference tournament. Michigan State is number two, but they're in the t- toughest bracket, toughest quadrant of the bracket. Iowa State, Big 12 champion. Yeah, Iowa State, a six seed. Oh, my God. Gonzaga, North Carolina, Virginia, all pulling off number one seeds without winning their conferences. And, and I'll admit it, I'm high on Tom Izzo every single year. He's one of my favorite coaches in the country. I think Michigan State is, is one of the premier programs. But this team that he has is one of the best that he's had, one of the toughest teams that he's had in a while. Um, so I am really liking that matchup there. You know, as I go through this, Miles, right, and I'm like, so how upset, I, I'm trying to see who can knock off the number one seed. I don't really think, I'm taking a look, I don't really think any of these teams outside of maybe Michigan State are deep enough to give Duke a serious go. Like when you think about it, like, Two days, two days. We have a two day wait, and then we have another what six day wait. They're not deep enough to push the pace against Duke and beat them. I don't think. I think Virginia Tech, maybe Michigan State are the only teams that really can give them a go in this in this side of the bracket. So Duke, Michigan State. Who do you like to advance to the final four? Uh, I got Duke uh, advancing on that side. I've got Duke as well. All right, let's go ahead and move over to the South. This is really interesting. Um, man, come on, Virginia got they got lucky. Like, cause I, Ole Miss, Ole Miss lost to Alabama and somehow still pull off an eight seed. I have no idea how that happens. Alabama was not good in a conference tournament. Ole Miss is good at home, not not anywhere else. Oklahoma, they're nothing to write home about. 
I think Virginia's toughest challenge will will be when they play the winner of the Wisconsin Oregon game because in my opinion I think the winner of that game is going to go and face Virginia. I cannot disagree with you there and also I think that Virginia got a pretty favorable draw. Yeah. Uh, right? To at least get to the Elite 8 here. Uh the Wisconsin Oregon game is going to be big. Uh Kansas State, UC Irvine, don't really see anything there. So uh I like Virginia to get through there and shake their demons. The final four? Uh, just just to get to the elite eight. Okay, there. yeah, yeah. And then when I look at when let's go to the other the other half of that. Yeah, this is anybody's game, honestly, because you think about Villanova. They Saint were Saint Marys. They were champions last year. Saint Marys shoots well, controls the pace of the game, which is really important when you think about a lot of these teams. Cincinnati doesn't like to push the pace; they like to control the pace of the game. Iowa likes to control the pace of the game. Uh, Old Dominion. I don't really think they're getting past Purdue. Purdue can push the pace of the game, but they like they like to hold the ball. They like the ball in Carson Irvin's hands to make things happen. All of these teams, none of them really explode off of paper to me. You know what that means? Any one of these guys can make it. Tennessee, I think, should be a shoe-in to make it to the lead eight here. Um, Admiral Schofield is just a stud, and I think he's ready to shine because you got to think about, let's look here. These guys, which guys here really need to improve their draft stock? Um, we got Jared Cumberland, he, I don't think I don't think he can get much higher because everyone knows what you got there. I think Admiral Schofield from Tennessee can really get a lot higher. Carson Edwards, I think he's stuck in limbo as well because of just because of his his size, you know. And so I'm just looking who really who really is gonna be gonna try to shine the most. It's got to be Tennessee. It's a tough bottom half of the bracket. <laughs> Keep in mind, they have Cincinnati playing in Columbus yeah. uh, for the first two rounds, which, which I fair. thought was interesting. I think Cincinnati's going to give Tennessee a hell of a game. I do, too. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Uh, but you know what? It's going to be chalk for me again here, man. I think that the best the best two teams in this bracket are going to separate themselves. It's going to be Virginia and Tennessee. Yeah, I think so as well. And um, I, I have Virginia Tennessee, and I, I can't think of why, why it wouldn't be. Like I look at who they have to play, and I have Tennessee over Virginia. Brad, I've got Tennessee over, uh, over Virginia as well. I think that the 20-point loss to Auburn in the SEC title game was the best thing that could have happened in yep. this team. Yeah, I think they're one of the most athletic teams in the field. And I think that Virginia, I mean, come on, man. Are they ready to finally get to that next level? Does their style of play as a number one seed translate to a Final Four team? We haven't seen it yet. You know, one thing about a lot of... This is what really irks me about styles like, like Virginia's. It's okay if you're a great defensive team, but I don't want you to be a great defensive team who relies on being efficient because they have less possessions during a game. So that means if Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, if they're if they're cold or or DeAndre Hunter is or if he's in foul trouble, they really struggle a lot to score. And I mean, some of these teams out here are gonna put forty five points up on some of the best defenses out. That scares me. That's why I'm comfortable with my Tennessee pick. All right, man, let's go ahead and move on down here. Let's go to the Midwest, the Ooh, bottom right of the bracket. This is probably my favorite bracket. I honestly can pick. I'm going to go through in one, two, three, four, five, six. I think about seven teams here can could honestly give North Carolina a run to make it to the Final Four. Auburn's definitely in there. Yeah, uh, The Buckeyes? No, I'm just kidding. Jared uh, Harper's playing really well. When you say Auburn... Normally, most people think about all they care about is Bryce Butler, but Jared Harper is playing efficient, knockdown basketball. For his size, the the, the fearlessness he has is amazing. Uh, Washington with uh, Matisse Thibault is probably the best defender in the tournament. Well, I think this is the best 8-9 matchup on the board. Yeah. Utah State and Washington. 
We got North Carolina. Oh, my God. <sighs> Let me think about any Ohio State. I, I don't think it passed Iowa State, but I wouldn't be surprised if I saw that upset there. Um, I think Houston steamrolls Georgia State. Georgia State's a good program, and it's going to be a fun, fun, high-scoring game. I probably, I don't know what the over is here, and I wish I would have pulled it up, but I probably would, if the over somewhere sitting around 140, um, that 140 range, 143, I'll probably take the over here because Houston's going to easily score 80 points, and Georgia State can definitely keep up, and, and all they got to do is, what, score 55 to keep up? Um, Seton Hall's coming in this game pretty hot, playing against a Wofford team who, we can shoot lights out. Uh, I, I think I got Kentucky moving outside of Wofford to Seton Hall easily. Yeah, I mean, I think that in this bracket, unlike others, I could see teams like Houston or Auburn making a deep run here. But I'm going to go with the elite coaching. Call it chalk again, but I like North Carolina and Kentucky to meet for a second straight year. I do too. And who are you going? I'm going North Carolina. Oh, I'm going North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina? Yeah. The problem with Kentucky is... They are going to rely heavy on Travis Reed, who's coming back off injury. They didn't perform all too well in the SEC championship. They, they're going to need Tyler Hero to have a great tournament. And, Miles, it's not every day that you're going to have me put my money and my faith on a freshman shooting, a freshman shooter, <laughs> and Tyler, Tyler Hero. So that's, that's a little interesting for me. Um, I just... Love watching North Carolina. They, dude, North Kobe K- White's one of my favorite Kobe players White. in this tournament. I've and been keeping up with him all did season. You, did you have a chance to see that headline where it says maybe freshmen can make a big impact at, at North Carolina? I love that because uh, Kobe White is is a beast. Luke May, what is his fifth year Great, playing basketball? Yeah. And just the fact that I mean, you had that Duke North Carolina game in the ACC tournament, which I thought personally was the game of the year. Duke was at full strength, and Carolina took them to the buzzer. I mean, there is they are deep. They are talented, and they are well-coached. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love their – the tempo that they've been playing with this season is is phenomenal. They don't make mistakes, which you compound a, a fast tempo, a good defensive team, um, guys who could shoot the ball. Kobe White can get from one side of the court to the other in 20, 25 milliseconds. All that is good for tournament time. They don't, they're deep, too. I forgot to mention they're deep, which helps with their pace they play. All right, well, we're six for six in the Elite Eight. We're three you, for three what, in the what, final four. What are your four. thoughts on Kansas here, though? Oh, man. I, you know what's funny? I actually have Northeastern as a pretty popular upset pick here. Yeah. I, I, I think Kansas is just not not prepared for the Can, tournament this year. For Kansas to make it anywhere close, they have to get through Northeastern, who's coming in pretty well. They're going against the SEC Championship in the next round, potentially. Then they're going against either either Utah State. I mean, uh, either... I'm not going to say Utah State, okay? It's, my pick's going to be between North Carolina or Washington. And I think that Kansas does not play, they're not efficient enough to beat a Washington who who can lock you down. And then they're they're not good enough to beat North Carolina. So I, I just wanted to see that. What about Houston? What, what are your thoughts on Houston? So uh, Houston, I think, could actually make, I, th- I think they're a complete team. I think team. they can make a run. And I think that they were just tired at the end of the uh, American Conference Tournament. Yeah. I mean, that's why Cincy just really outplayed them on, on a neutral court. Yeah. But... Houston's been one of the be- one of the best teams all year. They've yeah. been blowing out conference opponents by thirty plus points. Yeah, uh, don't sleep on Houston. A- absolutely not. Uh, I think that as far as a two three matchup, that's going to be uh, that's the toughest path for a two there for Kentucky to have to get past. Yeah, the Cougars. absolutely. I think so as well. But I think in the end, uh, for me, it's just when in doubt, go with the Blue Bloods. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, this is a good Kentucky team. They 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 play young, but I, I could see them making their a run. development from that first loss. It was like a 30-point loss to Duke yeah. in the beginning of the season to now. Just shows how great of a coach Calipari is. I mean, he he just continues to show it. Absolutely. All right, let's go and round it out with the West. 
Ooh, man, the West. This is a poof. All right, let me just talk. First, I'm going to go with teams that I like. And I'm going to start with uh, Buffalo. If Buffalo, Buffalo's a, Buffalo is a poor man's Houston. <laughs> they come from a smaller conference. They are very, they're a very complete team. But they also have had instances where they've gassed themselves out because they've had to come from, Buffalo's had a lot of games this season where they've had to come from gigantic deficits. And that is hard to sustain over the entire season. Don't know what you're going to get out of Texas Tech. They they were really disappointed in Big 12 Well, that's the thing. Down the stretch, they were really disappointed. Yeah. Uh, they, to me, they were looking like one of the best teams in the country there for a while. I will also say about Buffalo, they come in with experience from last year, that shocking win again, yeah. a 21-point upset over Arizona last year, so they know how to win in the tournament. Yep. Not too, I'm not really high on Marquette. The way Marquette ended the season, I think they, they, they went on like a, a four-game losing streak. Well, they went on a five-game not covering streak. I think they lost three out of those games. Marquette lost me a lot of money down the stretch. I am staying far away from Marquette. Well, you know, tournament. I had listen to this. I had Seton Hall to to win the conference tournament. I had Marquette to not to not cover, and I was just like, man, Marquette, you gonna really let you really gonna you really gonna do this? And you know what? They they did it. They <laughs> they did it. Godly. Um, like Murray State here against Marquette. Um, I just think Marquette's biggest problem is they suit themselves in the foot. Florida State is an interesting interesting go for me here. I don't think they're all that great, but a four seed is definitely generous for them. Um, I mean, them versus Murray State, I'm going to go with Murray State just outside of, I just think Murray State has John Morant, which is a lot. Um, I will also say, too, about our top seed, Gonzaga, uh, if, if, you're, if you haven't been following the season and you say who has Gonzaga played? Just remember that they beat full strength Duke. Yes, the only in team the Maui beat, Invitational. The only team to beat Duke at full strength. Gonzaga is for real. And again, kind of like the Tennessee team. I think that loss to St. Mary's in the title game probably the best thing that could happen to them. Get you refocused. Um, exposes a little bit of your weaknesses. I think Gonzaga comes into this tournament strong. And if you look at that top half of the bracket, not a bad path for him. You know, I have Gonzaga versus Michigan. Um, All right, so in, we're eight for eight. I, I also have Gonzaga versus Michigan. But I have here. Michigan. I have Michigan winning. I think that, man, I, I God, this is killing me that I don't have, that I'm going to draw a blank on this guy's name, but the, um, come to me, point guard, Jordan, whatever, from St. Mary's, really did a number on controlling the game against Gonzaga. And I think... Uh, Jordan Poole's going to do the, uh, I mean, um, Simpson's going to do a, a, a very similar thing. I love, I love the hook shot. I love the way he commands the game. He, he can't shoot a free throw to save his life, which could get Michigan in trouble should he get, should, should this become a foul game. But I just think that Michigan is a, a, a man, this is going to sound really, really, really messed up because Gonzaga is a, Greatly coached team. I just think Michigan's a better coached team. Well, I, John Beeline is one of the best coaches in, in March. I mean, it, they they have the advantage there. Think about think about the job Beeline has done with. Uh, he gets players who are afterthoughts, and and, and I know these are pl- plenty of great players that you know big names. Like even we think about what's his name Robinson or whatever. Glenn Robinson, you know, he takes these guys who could be more borderline three and a half star, four star guys, and turns them into NBA players. They are not system guys, and that's one thing that a lot of people say about Beeline is he coaches system guys. He is coaching. Xavier Simpson had no business being being in a draft conversation in the first round. He has turned Xavier Simpson, taught him a whole new way to play basketball. Things like that go a long way, in my my opinion. Sometimes I think we're telepathic with our 
uh, sports minds here because I also have Michigan advancing to the Final Four, and I have reasoning behind this, as I mentioned earlier in the show. The two biggest games that you could have watched for this tournament, in my opinion, was the Michigan-Michigan State Big Ten Championship and the Duke-North Carolina ACC semifinal. I think that those two games proved that these two leagues are just playing a different brand of basketball right now. I think the SEC's got a great conference too, don't get me wrong. But those two games showed me a lot. I think that those are the four best teams in the country, and I think Michigan proves it once again and gets to the Final Four. The problem with the SEC is they don't have senior leadership. You think about the ACC and the Big Ten. They have senior leadership all over the court. Like Even look at Syracuse has senior leadership, you know? And off the bench, too. Yeah. Michigan State is deep Michigan State with is senior deep. leadership. Michigan has a lot of returning players. Um, I, I, I still like... Like I, I still wouldn't be shocked to see Nevada make a run, just because um, both Caleb and Cody Martin are going to be playing for for higher draft stock. And uh, Caleb Martin, in my opinion, his draft stock went down. But I, I like Florida here. Um, I, I got Michigan versus Gonzaga, and then I got Michigan making it to the Final Four. Let me see if you agree with my analysis here, because we had the same Elite Eight and the same Final Four. All right, I think this is what it comes down to if you're sitting down and you're filling out a bracket. Don't overthink the bracket. Yeah, there's a few upsets that are going to happen. There are going to be teams that make runs, but pick your runs smartly. I'm just looking to get six out of eight of my Elite Eight yeah. and three out of four of my Final Four. Bonus points if you get those guys. Yeah. So when it comes to filling out a bracket, I just feel like, and, 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 and don't get me wrong, I've been filling out brackets since I was seven years old. Yeah. I did it for years. I'm, you're so obsessed with the perfect bracket or you're so obsessed with uh, picking the upset, picking the Cinderella. Don't overthink it. The best teams are going to separate themselves when it comes down to the lead, to the Elite Eight in the Final Four. Yep. Lo- Loyola, Chicago, teams like that, that's, a, that's an outlier. All right, so we've got the same Final Four. We've got Duke versus Michigan, and we've got Tennessee versus North Carolina. A great Final Four, the four best teams. Although, I was, I'll say, I think Michigan State deserves to be in the Final Four, but they drew Duke. Yep. Who do you got, uh, Duke versus Michigan? I got Duke. I got Duke handedly. Um, I think it's going to be another one of those close Duke games just at, at halftime where it's maybe Duke might be down by two or three, uh, at most up by five, and then they just pull away, win by double digits. This is a matchup I want to see, but I've got Duke advancing as well. Yeah. Tennessee and North Carolina. The SEC versus the ACC. This one was tough for me. Um, why I said that was because I think Tennessee can get it done, but I'm going my money was on Roy Williams to, to have a chance. Can you see this? to have a chance to play for the national championship against Zion Williamson. Roy Williams said it himself. I've never seen a player in college basketball like Zion Williamson. The kid is a freak. He wants this. He His guys want this. They want to avenge their ACC championship loss to Zion Williamson. And I have Duke versus North Carolina, one versus two. This is the year, Brad. This is the year that Duke and North Carolina play for the national championship. This is amazing. This is it. I, first of all, wow. Yes. <laughs> Second of all, there's a reason chills. that you and I are thinking this way. All right. I think it, 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 I think it goes a lot uh, to how much basketball we've watched this year. Yeah. And when you re- really see, okay, if you, if you watch that SEC semifinal, you knew you were watching the two best teams. Yep. In the country. Yep. Duke it out. There's just something different about the way these two teams are playing right now. It's another level. And this would be like. Ohio State and Michigan playing in the national title game for football, or Alabama-Auburn playing yeah. in the national championship. The oh, biggest storyline possible. Gives me chills. Both, both coaches won it. Both players won it. And this is the year where they are both playing at that level. 
where I could see it happen. And you know what? In my opinion, if there is one team that is a ultimate threat to Duke, it's North Carolina. Just because of the whole style. Duke's not deep enough to, to run up and down the court with North Carolina. I still like Duke. I'm 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 a big believer that Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish is going to turn it around. I've seen him slip from three to maybe like seven in mock drafts because he goes through shooting slumps. But he plays great on neutral court. Um, so let's see what happens here. Uh, Zion Williamson, I think he's just going to – everyone knows surprised about it. RJ Barrett's going to have a good tournament. Yeah, I like Duke. I, I'm comfortable with Duke. Yeah, I'm going back and forth here uh, with Duke, North Carolina. I think North Carolina is the only team that can beat Duke yeah. in this tournament. Uh, but I'm not going to go against Duke just because when they're at full strength – I don't think anyone's going to beat them. I've been yeah. saying that for three, four weeks. Since Zion returned and got back in his groove, as long as they're full strength, nobody's going to beat them. If you if you had the privilege to watch Zion in that North Carolina game, it was an otherworldly performance. Yeah. Dude was getting his own offensive rebounds and getting his own putbacks yep. repeatedly. Over 30 points, carried the team. I mean, if Reddish and Barrett aren't having good games, you know Zion's going to be there because right now he's the best player in the world. Hopefully Bolden's back too for Duke. That'll go a long way. Um Man, I, I'm excited for this tournament. You know, one thing I, w- I really wanted to do that I didn't um, that I didn't even mention. I just want to go through a couple teams that that are in vulnerable spots here. Um, just guys for when it comes to money wise, just think about teams that you know. Be careful with your money against. Like I was thinking about maybe like um, a Virginia Tech because of Jerome Robinson. Think about an LSU because LSU's coach is not playing. I don't care what you say. This is when you need your coach the most. Um, Let's look at like a Marquette who's coming to the season really terrible. Uh, I mean, coming to, to, into this tournament really terrible. Um, look at a Nevada who's shown that they can be beaten by lesser opponents. Um, look at look for a, look for a Temple or a Belmont who was playing in the first four in. Look for them to be to be able to make a run. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if an Arizona State could make a run with. Uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a name uh, a little short dude. He's he's super raw. Players like that, um, vulnerable side on the other side of the bracket. I look at Iowa State having to play in Ohio State, who's going to be playing their tail off. Um, look at a Kansas who's not that good, um, not that deep. Uh, they rely heavily on shooting. Um, let's go to the top of the bracket. Just this is just my takes, guys. So uh, Wisconsin, they they have a trouble to get bogged down offensively, and if the shots aren't flowing, they're not doing very well. If Bradley's not playing well, or Brad, whatever he goes by, um, he's really pretty pretty much the the floor general there. Uh, Villanova, there's not experience. Purdue, uh, that's about it. But those are just my teams. Just be careful with your money there. Um, that's not me saying these teams can't make a run, but it's just me saying like really, really think about that line and see where that line's sitting. Here's what I'll say about uh, our elite eight picks: uh, is that Brad and I tend to hit about fifty five percent. Yeah, when we agree, good things tend to happen. <laughs> I still can't believe that we have the same Final Four, but it makes me more comfortable in my picks. Yeah, uh, because it's been a, it's been a long time, Brad, since I've been this confident in my picks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will admit the Duke North Carolina championship game is a little bit of wishful thinking. Definitely far fetched, but, but it's, it's also a logical choice. Yeah, it's doable, absolutely doable. So that's what I'll say about that, Miles. You know what? I hope you have guys. If you don't know, Miles will be out in Las Vegas for March Madness. I will actually be. At a music festival, being the guy who keeps periodically checking his phone while I'm grabbing my free drinks and VIP. Send us your pictures of where you're going to be watching the games. Yes, send can us you your do picks. that. Send us your pictures. You can you can tweet it to us. That's at what's the spread underscore. You can put on, you could uh, send it to us Instagram. That's at what's the spread. Facebook at what's the spread. Um, you can even email info at what's the spread dot net. Uh, guys, we are stoked that we are in March Madness. 
I'm going to try my best. I've been trying to do this on my personal page at Mr. Brad Thomas and trying to retweet it on what's the spread underscore because I don't want to I don't want you guys to think it's a podcast pick, but I'm going to try my best to keep putting my plays up there. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw my 21 game first day of conference play um, where I only lost four games. I posted every single game for you guys. That was might have been lucky. But um, I'm just gonna keep doing that. Don't go with every single game I do, but pick the ones you really like. Seventeen and twenty-one is not lucky. That was that. That was a good day. Yeah, it was, I had a great last two weeks. Um, really got screwed by that uh, St. Bonaventure loss. I put a hundred on them uh, versus St. Louis, and they look a fifteen-point lead. But I mean, I still ended up really positive. In the past two weeks, past two weeks have paid for my Buku VIP ticket, which is good enough for me. With that being said, is that all we got? All that's right. all we got. I just wanted to end. I just wanted to end on and and on a good note. I wanted to end yeah. it on guys. Me and Miles will try to do our best, uh, as best possible, to pick some of our favorite games and put the lines online for you guys and see what the spreads are. Um, so just follow us. Just it's it's uh was it Miles on Sports? Yep. Um, and then at Mr. Brad Thomas, and then we're gonna try if 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 we have the capacity to retweet it from the podcast page. So it's also on the podcast podcast page at what's the spread I mean, oh my God, what's the spread underscore? Happy betting. Happy betting. Good luck, guys.